Yeah, you are, and you want to get it all, the news and entertainment all in one spot right here. It's the John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show. It's something we like to call what, Andrew? News Combination tame, news and entertainment. News tame, and here comes Sherry now. No. Oh. Oh, honey. hear that yeah you better right I bet it, all right starting today <laughs> oh we got a good show good job joe lots and lots and lots of news um show mama. plus i i think yeah show mama i think it was was it friday or something i put out a call to any of our listeners that if you're going to go to that protest and ask for a ceasefire tell us why you do it what you hope to achieve what it's like out there and um, I didn't think anybody would write. I didn't think anybody would call. Nobody wrote. Nobody called. But the Joe's called yesterday and said, hey, we have a listener. Guy listens all the time. Really likes the show. Lives out in Yelm. He was there calling for a ceasefire. And he's agreed to come on. So when are we talking to him, Joe? 4.06 p.m. Ah, look at you. On the dot. All right. Let's get to it. Um, sad story, but it's probably not that... Uh, Uncommon, uh, other than the fact that the guys that went in to steal stuff did it um, decide they would break into a fire truck. So, if you've got things you need in a fire truck that you would like to have stolen, these firefighters in Pierce County they went into where they go into a Fred Meyer or something like that while QFC. they're in there. Oh, a QFC. Okay, so they run into a QFC or they went into the QFC, and while they're in there, um, broad daylight. By the way, I assume they're going to be able to catch these people that did this, but. Um, they did they not lock up their fire trucks? Well, huh? I wondered about that too, and I also and they said that in Seattle because this has happened, what they do is they leave one crew member outside with the truck and the rest there go you to the go. grocery store. There My you question go. is though, but and they're mostly volunteers. I'm so sure it's a good question, but go ahead. Well, I mean, <laughs> they said they don't have the luxury of the extra staff. Why do they all have to go to the grocery store at the same time? Why can't one? person make a run to the why grocery do all store women have to go to the bathroom at the they same time, don't sure. so <laughs> oh, why please. why don't they just why don't they just leave the truck at the station go to what somebody makes a grocery store run if they get a call while they're at the grocery okay. store they'll meet them over there rather than okay, everybody miss, go together miss, okay then you obviously have no sympathy for so took our bls box and our airway bags these firefighters are still sorting out what was stolen it's okay. a bag of chains and straps Lieutenant Dylan Tapia of Pierce County Fire District 13 says this rig was ransacked while parked outside a grocery store. A citizen came in and informed us that someone was poking through our compartments. The firefighters ran out of the store just in time to see the thief speed off. Do you think they knew what they were going for on the fire rig? I think they had an idea of what they wanted. We've reported that fire agencies around Seattle have been dealing with similar targeted thefts, often costing tens of thousands of dollars to replace equipment. It's a burden even for large departments, but it's devastating for District 13, which has mostly volunteers and serves the small communities of Dash Point and Browns Point. Yeah. I, you know what, Sherry? The story goes on to talk about the fact they stole stuff, they don't have the money, they need the money, lives are could be threatened. Um, or lost because they don't have what they need in order to save somebody. So, yeah, you you know what? Probably they've heard you, Sherry. Or at least they probably had a meeting right after this said, okay, guys, from now on, here's what's going to have to happen. One person stays back. Everybody doesn't need to go to the grocery store at the same time. And um, 
or leave or take some truck or whatever it is that doesn't have all the stuff on it. But this is just classic. I mean, Pierce County, King County, all of them have been seeing increases in crime. Um, juvenile crime has increased almost twofold, uh, doubled uh, since um, they passed Bill 1140. Yeah, this is according to, I think, more than 10 or 15 mayors throughout Pierce County have said, you know, we got to take a look at this 1140 bill. Basically saying when a police uh, policeman uh, officer stops to question a juvenile, they are not allowed to question that the juvenile gets an attorney. I talked to a friend of mine who is a police officer in Linwood, and I asked him about this, and he said it's really thrown a giant wrench in us being able to catch people that are breaking the law because what he said what we used to do before this 1140 thing was we'd say you get a kid and you say hey listen you know we got you you know they, they caught him red-handed on the thing just tell us who else is involved you know they do they put the pressure on them so that they'll go oh it's this guy and this guy and this guy this is how we did it this is the car we had so now because of 1140 they now get an attorney, so they clam up, they don't say anything, and then you're not allowed to you know, question them. So then, therefore, you're not allowed to solve as many crimes, and therefore you have more crimes. So a bunch of uh, mayors in Pierce County have asked for a couple of things. One, take a look at the pursuit bill, which they're going to be working on, plus also that 1140. If you see an increase, almost doubling of juvenile crime, why is that? It might be because of 1140, because they've been able to see from the time it passed, see the amount of crime has increased, and most of it is juvenile. So that's um, that's why. And then I saw that the people are very excited about it. 2021 House Bill 1140 and why they were going to do it. So it was going to be the Constitution protects, remain silent in practice. They said juveniles don't understand the Miranda rights. So you're going to be able to get um, an attorney for you. And the main reason that they said they wanted to do it is um, in King County, for example, police stop youth of color at a disproportionate rate. So one of the reasons they want to be able to have this thing in place is to stop the racist police officers. So that's why they have this in place. Because we all know police are racist and they just want to stop uh, black youth instead of white youth and they give you the number. Um, so that's what you have. I, I don't know who stole the stuff out of the fire truck, but I can make some wild guesses. I Well, they say that there was a um, like a pickup truck or some kind of a truck that was speeding away. So it was someone in a vehicle that could accommodate these, I guess, these pretty big items. Part of the other problem with this is that a lot of these items are on back order and take they take yeah. months to get in. So they're going to be without some of this potentially life-saving equipment until they can get it reordered and pay for it. Right. Okay. And again, your advice is, well, first of all, all women don't go to the bathroom together? No. No, I hate that. I never do that. If somebody's going to go to the bathroom, I wait until they get back, and then I'll go to the bathroom. But other women all go in a big group. Like, I think they're called murderers. Yes, all, all <laughs> other women. The entire universe, other than me, goes to the bathroom in a group. No, I, I don't. I, I think that's kind of an old stereotype. Okay. 50 African uh, migrants that uh, were moved from the tent city that they had at the church over to a hotel motel 
and they like the hotel motel better. And now when they have to leave. Well, today was checkout day from the hotel, but it has now been extended one more day. The church had paid for the hotel for the last week to get the migrants out of the cold weather and into a more safer shelter. But now their hotel stay is coming to an end. I have no funding to continue their stay there. It was just for cold weather. As last week's cold weather was on its way, Pastor Jan Bullerjack of Riverton Park United Methodist Church said she was working to coordinate with the King County Regional Homelessness Authority to get more of the migrants living in this refugee camp on church grounds out of the elements. She said emergency housing was not available, but the church was able to pay for rooms at the Homewood Suites in Tukwila. For days, they've been here, but time is almost up. Not all of you were able to go to the camp, but I was there almost every day, and the conditions were just horrible. Outside of the hotel, those who've been living at the camp spoke out with the help of interpreters, pushing for safer living conditions as they do not want to go back to the camp. She's from Angola, and the reasons why she's here are a very long story. But to keep it short, she's here looking for a better life. Many of those living on church grounds are asylum seekers from Africa. The situation at the church is not humane conditions. They need to stay here until they can. the government can give either leave them here and pay for it or arrange for another housing option to be available. Last month, we told you that $3 million had been set aside by King County to help secure 100 rooms at another hotel in town. Bowler Jack said there are still around 40 people living at the camp, down from hundreds. They deserve better than having to sleep in a tent. How long all this is going to last? Until someone else steps up and has a place for these people to live. This is strange. I mean, I feel sorry for them, but what did they mm-hmm. think was going to happen? You sneak into the country, you come in illegally, you say that you're seeking asylum. Uh, uh, the Biden administration has left, left almost 8 million people through. And then you, I'm assuming they, I'm just assuming that they, this group uh, came to Washington that, or come to the United States. What do you think? Sometimes people will come and they'll have a relative um, if you do it legally, you have a relative that basically vouches for you. You wait, you sign the papers, you wait, then finally you come in. There's a relative that meets you there. They've got the whole system in place. A relative's there for you. But if you just come in through the open borders that we have, and then you come into the United States and then ask everyone to help you somehow, I don't understand what you thought. Obviously, it's better than where you were in Angola, but what would be the next step someone has probably told them all you have to do is just go to the united states and they'll find a job for you they'll find a home for you they'll feed you they'll give you medical care life will be better that is true but there's also a cost to be paid um and perhaps now once you get here you realize it's not a it's not milk and honey and the road is not paved with gold and someone has to pay for people that are seeking a better life the church does great things but it, they're obviously out of money on this one. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're certainly limited. And I, I, I think you're right, John. I think what happens is uh, people are sold a bill of goods. They're told, just get to the country. They'll take care of you. And they expect that this is going to be um, easy. And, and they probably hear the positive things about this country, of which there are 
many, 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 many. No things. other country in the world takes in more legal immigration right. than than the United States. Yep. But I think you're right. I think that somebody usually tells them, or maybe they are being paid to help them get through the the process. And they're saying, listen, listen, just I just need five thousand dollars. I'll help you get there. And once yeah, you sure. get there, you're home free. Right, because they want the money. So they're told. They're also told how to get around it. Claim asylum. They'll push you through. They'll give you a date to come back for it. And then at that point, I don't know what they say to them, but most people don't return. It's just they catch them, release them, catch them, and release them. Um, and at this point, they are moving procedures forward to impeach Mayorkas. They won't really do anything, just cutting off the head of the dead snake that is HHS will not really do anything for um, um for the United States, getting rid of Mayorkas, they'll just put somebody else in there who's just as absolutely incompetent as uh, Mayorkas is. So this is a big, big deal. I had seen in the Iowa uh, polls as people were coming out and being asked, as you said this yesterday, Sherry, their biggest concern is immigration. It's it's more than inflation. It, they see immigration as a direct direct threat to the United States in the cost and then also the people that are coming through the border. So, and um, Biden's approval rating on this immigration problem is—it's in the teens. Nobody believes that he's doing a decent job and handling this properly. Right, because almost like a teenager, uh, when the, one of the first things he did when he got in with his ex- executive order, he took everything that uh, Trump had put in place, and they just did the opposite. Um, stay in Mexico, got rid of that. Um, the first country of of um, safety, they got rid of that. Where the first country you come through, that's where you claim sovereign. That's where you claim um, uh, to, to be able to be safe there, and then you would then process the person from that country. They reversed that. They reversed everything. Everything that Trump did, they said, "Oh, it's got to be all horrible." So let's stop it and let people come through through here we'll have the process they didn't have anything in place so now he's facing this really dire situation still refuses to refer to it as a crisis mayorkas was asked two days ago if everything's under control and he says we've sent more people back we sent more than 1.3 million people back we're doing a better job than you know anybody knows it's absolute lies complete and utter lies and the saddest thing is it's for the people the innocent people that are being told yes you can come here yes they'll let you in and yes you'll get everything else i feel bad for the people from africa this is an incredibly generous country and they'll see the generosity they'll see the beauty of this country but at the same time Something has to stop at the border, and hopefully um, when adults, they said when, when Biden administration took over, they said adults are in charge again. When we get some adults in charge, maybe we'll actually have somebody that'll start to uh, do something to have borders um, uh, respected why, at the United States. Why do you suppose it is? I think it, somebody said today it was over a 1,000 days ago or, or something that Kamala Harris was declared the border czar. Why does nobody ask her about that anymore? Because it's just a futile question or? Well, the, it, she, here's the here's they, part of it is, yeah, because the media who wants Biden doesn't want to sandbag Biden. There are people in the inside of the Biden administration that gave her an incredibly difficult task and said, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything about the border, but find out why people are leaving their country and coming to the United States and solve that problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah, no problem. yeah, there you go. So basically, she's in the water and she's like, hey, I'm in the water. Give me a job. Give me something to do. Oh, here's an anvil. 
And they just threw that on top of her to try to bury her and push her off to the side and give her an impossible task. Those the people that are in the Biden administration that don't exactly agree with Kamala Harris's people. And there are people who who told Joe Biden, don't pick her, including Dr. Jill Biden, don't pick her. There's a lot of people that are close to the president that there's no love lost for Kamala Harris. So they kind of gave her a horrible job that they knew she wouldn't succeed with. And the media is not going to ask her about it. But remember, you know, remember when she laughed and she said, they said, why haven't you been to the border yet? She goes, I haven't been to Europe either. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> like Kamala Harris imitation. Let's see. Uh, since Sunday, the Internet has been collecting. Oh, is this the poor guy that was crying at the, the uh, Detroit Lions game? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The story behind the tears, plus um, the power of what sports can do to unite a, mo- a father and a son. Memories you hold for the rest of your life. Joe, I'm going to send you a video of Rye crying when I gave him tickets to a Seahawks game. You can watch that. Weep openly. Right? <laughs> Here we go. John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show. Something about sports between dads and sons and um real quick i lost a job in las vegas i applied for a sherry because when the general manager asked me what movie i'd seen recently i told him i saw field of dreams and he asked me what i thought of it. i said oh, there's a stupid movie a horrible dumb no james will jump with it oh they will you know build it they will come then they charge him for parking i said that's a horrible movie the guy looked at me and started to cry and he turned around a photograph of himself and his father playing baseball and he explained it was the greatest moment of his life to watch that movie and to be able to recur, rec, uh, recall the wonderful memories he had with his dad and then there was like an awkward silence and i said well you know kevin costner he he was good in that movie so there's a there's a there's a sacred bond between a there father is. and a son when it comes to sports and um People perhaps didn't realize what was really happening behind the tears when um, this guy um, for the Lions, he's a fan of the, the Lions. The Lions squeak past um, the Rams at 23, 24-23 in the uh, wild card game. And um, so this camera swings over. You Uh-oh. All right. I think John has been. Uh, I know you've most likely seen this okay. viral video from Sunday's Detroit Lions home playoff game. But what you probably have not heard is the emotional story. John, do we have you? Hang on. Okay, there you go. There Hang on, back. it's me. Yeah. I'm back. Here we go. Okay, Here good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, yeah. This is a woman. Today, I had the opportunity to interview this man. He's from Michigan. Trust me, yes. this is a story that you're going to want to hear. And then there's people that I can't believe this guy's crying over a football game. And uh, I, that's true. It's funny to cry over a football game, but it, it, it was more than that. This viral moment was a very personal moment, 21 years in the making for Aaron Vicarious. My dad had season tickets in 99. Growing up in Grand Rapids, Aaron's dad, Joe Vicarious, brought him to every Detroit Lions game that he could. Two tickets, that's it, me and him. An iron worker, Joe even helped to build Ford Field. He dreamt with his son, Aaron, of watching the Lions win a playoff game there. This is it, this is the year, Aaron. This is the year, this is the year. Joe repeated that phrase every year until 2004. At age 35, Joe's car slid under a semi-truck, killing him. Aaron was only 14 at the time. 
He's 35 himself now. There's the lion jacket that we buried him in. So now maybe you understand these tears even more. Aaron says when Jared Goff completed that final first down, he thought of his dad immediately. It was a full circle moment for me. I don't know my dad as an adult, as a man, so it's hard to connect in moments as of late. So being there, I can, uh, I can be 14 again. <laughs> As Ford Field erupted, Aaron knew what his dad would say. This is the year, Aaron. We finally got one. Your reaction, people have been saying that it encapsulates how all Detroit Lions fans are feeling. When you saw that response in the media, what was that to you? I started laughing. I'm like, how do I embody Detroit? I know I'm not alone. And there's, there's families that grew up watching this team and have people that aren't here with them anymore. So when they got to see him win, I think that's special for a lot of people in Detroit. And also getting those playoff tickets last week, that was a surprise gift from Aaron's brother. And he said it was a big splurge for him. Obviously, he would love to go to this upcoming Sunday's home playoff game, but he's not able to find tickets. I did reach out to Ford Field to see if maybe we could pull something together. Haven't heard back now, but if anyone deserves to go, it's this guy. Yeah, I just get on, I'm looking up online to see if anybody sent him tickets. Don't you think somebody would step up and give him tickets? Sure. He's a perfect yeah. example of the kind of fan that they, that they want, these lifelong fans, and that they have this history with the team and all of that. So I'm kind of surprised. I think now is... that the backstory's out there, the Lions will probably get, catch wind of it. Oh, yeah. They'll take care yeah. of them. You know, there's probably other people who felt the same way, but the camera got that guy. Um, good for him. Yeah. This is... Uh, that the, oh, the video did come through. This is the game I took Rye. This is the, the game that the uh, Seahawks went into the playoffs with. The great tip, right? Um, the Sherman's tip of Crabtree, and then they, they end up winning. And they, So I said, Rye, we're going to go downtown. We're going to look for tickets. We can't scalp any tickets, find any tickets that are any good or whatever. The price is too high. We'll just go back home again. And he's like, I understand, Dad. Just just the, just the fact that you want to try. Just the, so we're walking around. It's freezing cold. We're downtown. He didn't know that I we had a guy on the show, Sherry, who had been to every single Seahawks game Every single game. Never missed a game. Then his doctor said to him, if you go to this game with your heart condition and the temperatures being what they are and the stress of the game, there's a pretty good chance, and I'm not just saying this to scare you, that you will die. You will have a heart attack and die. Please, as your doctor and as a friend, don't go to the game. So we interviewed him and what it meant, his wife, how his wife was, you know, please don't go, begging him. So he... Didn't want to, but he he decided he wasn't going to get, go to the game. So I said to Patrick, who was producing at the time, "Hey, get up, keep that guy on the line." So I kept him on the line. Go to the commercial break, and I call and we. I say, "Do you want to sell the tickets?" He's from Vancouver, BC, and I said, uh, "He goes, yeah, I'll sell them." So he sold them to me for la 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 So then we walk around downtown for like about an hour so right we can't find it can't find it that's okay dad at least we tried at least, let's go home and watch go home and watch and then i said wait 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 you know what i think i got something here check i reach into my pocket and pull tickets out oh, 
longer are they? Oh my god. <laughs> Two of them. We're there. Love you. Yeah, when Rye gets his uh, own sports show on TV, that should be the opening segment of him him getting the tickets from you, and that's how much of a fan he's been all of his life. Oh God, the look on his face! I'll, I'll put it on our Instagram. Oh yeah, he couldn't believe it, and then he also couldn't believe I was videotaping him. But then he he forgot about that. Yeah, he's crying through the whole thing. Crazy, uh, but. Oh, I get so emotional on this. The the bond between a father and a son and sports it's it's priceless. I don't even know if that guy's still alive that was supposed to die if he went to the Seahawks game. I'm sure that game would have killed him. What about you saved his life then? <laughs> yeah. You got the tickets. I did. Although I, yeah, he was no right. fool. He knew you would pay whatever. <laughs> Right, that's true. I think yeah. I think we ended up taking the money I gave him, and he bought himself a house in Mexico or something. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy price, but well, well worth it. Well worth the memory. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Everybody's trying to be treated better at an airport, so the advice that comes from I don't know who, somebody that uh, an expert, I'm sure, Sherry. They say that it's important for what you wear. Normally people oh, if I get all dressed up and wear a suit or a nice dress or something like that, then they'll upgrade me or uh, just treat me better when I'm waiting in line. Maybe even the flight attendant gives me an extra bag of pretzels. What else should somebody be wearing? Well, you should up the you know your stock a little bit more by wearing red. Red ah. is powerful and stimulating. And you are perceived as more authoritative and dominant. So, therefore, you might get some preferential uh, treatment. Reason is, it grabs attention. The airline staff is more likely to treat people that are wearing red with extra care and attention. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's called the red dress effect because it's such a powerful color. You're bound to get noticed. Um, Also, they're perceived subconsciously. That people are who are wearing red as higher status than people who are not. Um, <laughs> you should, really? You should wear high quality, vibrant reds. Uh, wear wear the red on top, red pants. Not so much. And oh. um, you can put red on in layers, so you can wear a scarf and a sweater and everything else, or splurge mm. on a red suitcase, and that really sets you apart. So. So something, a very bold red would be like a red cape. Yeah, a red cape or maybe like a really red cat in a hat hat. (laughs) (laughs) Having uh, slaved away in virtual obscurity as an extra in many movies, the one thing they always say to you is don't wear red. So if you ever watch extras, yes, anytime you watch a movie, uh, TV show, You'll see all those extras walking by, you know, hurriedly on the streets of New York or whatever. 
you hardly will ever, ever, ever see anybody wearing red because it's the weirdest thing. But your eye immediately goes right to the person wearing the red jacket or the red coat or sweater or turtleneck or whatever it is. And you miss whatever action might be there happening between the two actors that are, you know, the focal point, not some guy walking by in a red uh, sweater. One of the most famous extras that it sort of drew attention away was in North by Northwest. Um, was, it, was it Kerry Grant was in that thing? I think it was Kerry, Kerry Grant. Kerry Grant and... Uh, um... Ooh, oh, 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 are you going to get it? I had, I had to watch that movie three times when I was in college. Um, oh, it's um, uh, Hitchcock Come loved on. her. Hang on. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, whatever. You'll, it'll come to Eva you. Eva Marie Saint. There you go. Correct for 15. <laughs> Do you want to pass or play? I'm going to play. You're going to play. All right. Yeah. Other famous scenes where extras stole the attention. You ready? Yep. This movie involved a type of car named after John, last name? DeLorean. What was the name of that movie? Back to the Future. That's correct. Pass, play, control the board. I'll play. You'll play. This famous Star Wars extra did what when entering the scene that caused everyone to laugh and draw attention away from the main character? What did the extra do? By mistake. Um, uh, anyone else want to jump in? Steal? Do anybody else want to steal? Having never seen Star Wars, that makes it a little <laughs> bit more difficult for me to answer that question. Uh, Joe, you have... 15 points. Sherry, you have 3,700. And Andrew, you're on the board with 100. Do either one of you want to try to steal with the answer? Drop a gun. I think it... Drop a gun is incorrect. Oh. Andrew? Dude, or which, Nate? What? Which Star Wars movie What did the extra from Star Wars Extra while entering the scene do that took attention away from the main characters? Which Star Wars movie? He was a star trooper. He hit his head on a something. Yes, and congratulations for googling yeah, and cheating at the same time. I know. Way to go! I did not. I did not Google that. How did they get any points? They didn't even play until now. Yeah, take it easy, Sherry. Uh, Sherry, uh, yeah, Sherry. We'll now subtract three, three thousand. That is points a great question, you. Sherry. There we Thank go. You. Yes. Thank All right.